This is Ben Thomas, head coach of the Cheshire Phoenix. This is Brett Berman, GM of the London Lions. I'm BBL commentator Daniel Rapp. This is Josh Steele, the coolest two-guard on the planet for the Manchester Giants. This is Coach Sean Kilmartin, head coach, USA Select Basketball. You're listening to two of the baddest broadcasters in basketball, Drew and Jay and the BBL Show. My name is Tahi Hadja and you're locked in to the BBL Show. You're tuned in to the BBL, BBL Show. BBL Show. The BBL Show. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of the BBL Show, the place for all British Basketball League related news. You know by now, I am Jay Marriott, he is Drew Lasker, and it's League Predictions time. So let's welcome into the room, star of the Sky Sports BBL commentary team, carrying the rest of the group. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Big Tony Rowe. How are you, my mate? I'm doing well, thanks, fellas. And uh, as always, uh, lovely to be in your company on the BBO show. Big fan, big fan. Yes, indeed, man. Welcome. I'm glad that I'm around this time because last year you were here on the show nearly a year to the date, but obviously I missed because I was out with COVID. So I'm glad to be healthy, to be in your presence this time around, my man. Welcome. No, I feel like you've been depriving me of some airtime, Drew. So I, ho- I hope you make it up this year and can get on the get on the Sky Sports roster and, uh, and be with me week in, week out. Luckily, like my back's getting a little bit better. How much I was carrying him last year. Now he's retired. He's doing quite a, he's, he's doing quite a bit. But uh, anyway, you will be with us for the entirety of the show, which is something new for us. So buckle up. We have hot topics. We have buy or sell. We have player of the week nominations. We have who, where, and what the hell. We have league predictions. And we also have the Lasker look back. But first, it's time for your social media spy. It's the Marriott Minute. Okay, let's start with player movements. In Glasgow, we saw Elijah Mini move out. And in comes Canadian Tyrell Green. Lucian Christophis leaves Sheffield Sharks. Tyrell Vincent is out at Newcastle. Few things came up for Leicester Riders. Starting with assistant coach Mark Jarman, head coach of Division One, Loughborough Riders will be leaving his role. Anthony, I'm going to pull you into this one just to give us the gravity of just what an unbelievable job he has done. It's been exactly that, Jay. You know, we, we look at Loughborough University for, for their prowess in sport, and um, but basketball has always been one of those sports they've just never been able to get it done. Never won a box championship or boost a championship or whatever, how far you want to go back until Mark Jerram came to Parliament there. And um, and since then, since the first one, he's won five in a row. I don't care what standard you play at, when you win five consecutive championships in a row, that is something incredibly special. Um, and these Buck teams aren't jokes either. As we know, they're many times are loaded with, with BBL players, not just BBL players, I mean, good BBL players. So he's done a remarkable job. Uh, he was actually uh, assistant coach my first year at Leicester Rhino, so I really got to know him. And uh, he was really good for me in my re- rehabilitation and trying to get myself back into the pro team as well. And I got to, to be a part of the first ever Bucks winning uh, Loughborough University Championship. So I uh, know I owe a great deal to Mark Jerram and uh, I congratulate him on a, a stellar career and wish him all the best in the future. Unbelievable. Coach Jerram, best of luck from all of us here at the show. Check out the Riders' newly refurbed changing room. So Sam Nita said it's a, the little off-the-court touches that adds to being one of the most desirable destinations for a player, and dare he say it, professional. Also saw a great photo of Coach Rob P back in his playing days, a blast from the past, 94-95 season for New Hampshire. Love that one. I'm sure that one's going to come up about now. Plymouth Patriots, we've been accused of not speaking about them enough. 
Losing records are one thing, and we know the restraints they are under, but losing your mascot, the most iconic mascot in BBL history, has been uh, big news out of Plymouth. There might not be many in Plymouth who can give you a player's name, but Foxy was truly bigger than the club. Saying goodbye in Wednesday's loss to Bristol Flyers, is this the end for our furry friend? Uh, lastly, you know I love my Druisms. He needs his own show, starting with his parenting skills, catching skills, that is, as his son tries to run off some steps. Mrs. Alaska, she's still the best troll in all of these instances, says simply said, would never have happened if she was there. And then the fun didn't stop there because he took his wife's keys with him, forcing her to get an Uber. And that made sure that he was straight in the Alaska doghouse. Retired, but very much alive. And that's this week's Marriott Minute. I'm always watching. <laughs> Full of great stuff there in the Marriott Minute, my man. And yeah, I got a madhouse, man. It's always something going on in my house. And I will tell you, when I was coaching, I saw I had five missed calls and I called the wife. And she was like, please don't tell me you have your keys. And I check in my pocket and I had them. I almost bleep myself. <laughs> you did an IG poll. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's a great thing. It's 2021, because if this was like six years ago, I mean, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, and to make matters worse was it was costume day at school. So they were rushing around. My daughter forgot her witch hat. So I felt so bad. I just left practice, went home, got a witch hat, took it to school and yeah, survived to live another day. But you guys know what I'm talking about. We've all but, been there, mate. We've all been yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff, my man. But let's let's transition into It's time for hot takes. A lot of great stuff to talk about this week. And I want to start off with a stat that's pretty unique right now. So currently we got five players shooting over 50% from the three. Cugini at London. We got Dan Clark at Manchester, Mark Levin at Leicester, Louis Sayers and Patrick Whelan. I could only go back to 2014, 2015, but no one has ever shot an entire season over 50%. Just to give you some perspective, Jeremy Hemsley of the Sheffield Sharks shot 46% last year and led the league. So coming at you first, Jay, if you had to choose one of these players, which one do you think is more likely to shoot over 50%? Putting me on the spot, I think if you look at them, they're all fantastic shooters. And I know that Kajini's been getting a lot of love, rightly so, for the way that he's been shooting the ball lately. But if anyone's going to shoot over 50%, I would have to say probably Dan Clark, only because I think that his shot selection out of the five will probably be much more conservative than the others. So he's not really a guy that's going to take a bad shot. Whereas I think those other guys, they're paid to shoot. That's what they're there to do. And, and they're volume shooters as well, a lot of them. So I would probably say if there's anyone that's got a chance of shooting over 50%, probably Dan Clark because of positional reasons. Yeah, that's a good point there. And what about you? Yeah, I have to echo Jay on, on this one. Dan Clark, just because he's going to get a lot of those low post opportunities as well, high efficient shots around the rim. Uh, but also I'd say Mark Lovin as well because... He's in a system there that they're going to need him to get higher percentage shots. And he's going to shoot the three ball, yes, but the majority of his threes are going to be open. Um, and I think he's got a, a point guard in Gino Crandall that's going to find him those those easy buckets as well. So I think he's got a, 
a good opportunity. He's kind of a three, four, and probably going to be played more at the, uh, the four position. So uh, again, it's going to be a bunch more higher percentage shots there for, for him. Yeah, good point, fellas. I agree with your point, Jay and, and Clark. And I got a chance to watch him on Friday night. Actually, my first time meeting him in person after the game and actually watching him live. And man, he is a big fella. And I think you're right. And he has a good opportunity in doing it because all of his threes are going to come from the top of the key, which is essentially one of the easiest spots to shoot threes. So, I mean, then when you're 6'10 as well, and like I mentioned on here before, the bigs in this league are just going to really struggle to guard them. I saw it with our Newcastle Eagles. They think that they're close and it's not close enough. But one name that I want to shout is I, I think has a good chance is Kujini. The reason being is because as great as he is, he is simply a role player for London. And he's an afterthought, which is crazy to believe. And so he's going to get a lot of open threes, and, except when he plays the Leicester Riders. So I could see him having a big year and getting close to that mark. But moving on to the next hot topic, Jay, you mentioned it in your Marriott Minute. Uh, and obviously the Newcastle Eagles just released American forward Terrell Vinson. So what are your initial thoughts about that? It's, I don't know, it's, I always, um, I, I don't think I could ever be a BBO coach because I, I really struggle with, with letting people go. But um, I, I think it was, I think it was inevitable. I think it had to happen. Um, I, I think for me, the test was when your your team is depleted and uh, import players already have such a responsibility anyway. And, uh, you know, we, you look to them really to, to head, cover, uh, carry the load on offense. But I think when that, that Newcastle Eagles team was depleted, I saw the other import players step up Vincent, uh, for instance, I just I just didn't see enough of it, and it was really strange because he would miss a real easy chippy, a, a layup under the basket, and then he would do something not very smart, and then the next play he would hit a three in someone's face, and you think I ripped that guy off two plays ago, and then he just goes and do something quite remarkable. So I'm kind of in my mind, I'm wrestling in my mind, thinking this guy might be legit, maybe he's just not settled in yet. But I, I think it's crisis stations in, in Newcastle is because they're Newcastle Eagles, right? You know, pretty much anyone else, you think, okay, it's early in the season, BBL Cup, they've had their issues, blah, blah, blah. But I think with that being said, it was just too, I think he had a great opportunity to do something really special and he just wasn't able to do it quickly enough. And that's why the decision has been made. And I don't think it's the wrong decision. Jay? Yeah, you know, like if you're going to go in the land of the tweets, you know, like you you, you got to be careful as to what's coming back. So obviously he let his frustrations be known. So that kind of let everybody know that there was there was some sort of issue or there was some sort of pressure on him. But yeah, Newcastle aren't just going to sit there, take it lying down. I think they're in a really unique position. Like they've never had to think like this before. But, you know, as Ant says, like one of the worst parts in the business, isn't it, is having to having to replace players and also trying to figure out, you know, should you be patient? Shouldn't you be patient? So like Ant's saying is you, you're kind of sitting on the fence because you see a player in there. And obviously he was a great contributor when he was at the Rocks in the season that in their mind they won the title. So, yeah, I mean, very, very difficult, but it's all going to hinge also on the, the health of Fletch, right? You know, how, how much they're going to have to rejig this lineup for what length of time, but... Probably I agree with Ant. It's, it's it's probably the right thing to do is, is is push the button early. It's it's just the cup that's gone, but you guys expect silverware, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you come to the Newcastle Eagles, it's win or else. And unfortunately for him, he had to be the domino to fall when you're one and seven, I believe. And unfortunately, you know, I just was just told him after Friday night, you know, good job, way to shoot. That was kind of his coming out party at home. I think he had 22 points. But it was just a little too late. And I agree totally with both of you guys. Firstly, Jay, talking about the tweet. When you tweet something like that, the next game, 
or the next chance you get an opportunity, you better ball out. And just to find out, you know, Fletch goes down or no, before that, actually half the team goes down with COVID. So all of a sudden you're thrust back into the limelight. And, you know, for me, it was the Glasgow game that did it for me. You're returning back to your old team, a game that I felt like Newcastle could have won if they had one more guy come to the party. You got Corey Johnson, Wes Person scoring over 30. And for him not even to hit double figures, I believe he finished with nine points. It just wasn't good enough for an American. So that was kind of the nail in the coffin in my eyes. But, you know, something had to change, you know, regardless of the situation to start. Everybody's been in the same boat with late starts and visas, et cetera. You got to make a change because um, these games are coming thick and fast. And we haven't even seen London or Leicester yet. And you're struggling in the North group. So tough decision there by Ian McLeod, but one that I think that had to be done. Great points all around, fellas. But let's move on to our next segment. Buy or sell. Corey, drop that beat. My first question coming to you first, Jay. Andrew Lawrence and Robert Gilchrist. Okay. Are you buying or selling that they remain at Surrey the entire season? I'm like taking all my chips. They're all going over to the right-hand side. I am selling. All in. Either of those two players. This is what Surrey do, right? They pick up some guys, they rehabilitate them, and they get rewarded by, you know, sadly... Two players that are powering them to a win the other day, like I can see them very much going out the window. And sorry, guys. And Jay's selling. Ant, are you buying or selling? Golly, um, I just don't get it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I'm still kind of on the. I don't get what they're trying to do there. It's, it reminds me of football, like you know when players get loaned out to other clubs and stuff. But in basketball, two players can be. There is forty percent of your team, so it's just such a massive chunk. So. I don't get it. And it's been a, a revolving door down there as well. So I, I like Andrew Lawrence just because he's been out for so long and you see little snippets of his brilliance already, you know, where he can grab a game by its by the scruff of its neck. So do I, do I have to do a package deal? Because I'd like to keep Andrew. I, I don't know about Rob <laughs> and Chris and honestly, I don't know if he's the right fit. Um, it's still very early, but I don't know. I just think it's one of those situations where if any, if there's a half an opportunity that's better for them than Surrey. Both of those guys are out. Loyalty doesn't come into it. So for that reason, I think I'm selling because I know they would. It's an audition, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree with both of you guys. We're going with a clean sweep here. I'm definitely selling it. You know, and it's unfortunate because that game Saturday night against Bristol, the Gilchrist-Lawrence connection on that back alley hoop was nasty. And I didn't even get excited because I was like, you won't see this in two months. Unfortunately, (laughs) you know, Gilchrist... in my opinion, they're both using this as an opportunity to get in game shape for Lawrence is to get healthy. And, you know, although he would probably feel some type of loyalty towards Creon and then, you know, in the back of his mind, he might be thinking, you know, I just need to be somewhere that's not a lot of pressure, get healthy for a year. But at the same time, when you've been hurt for two years, you know that this career is short and you got to go get your coins. So if a big deal comes on the table, I can see him gone as well. So unfortunately, Surrey Scorchers fans, we're all selling. So enjoy the show while you can. Moving on to the final question of our buy or sell segment. Starting with you first, Ant. I got an opportunity to watch Manchester Giants, and I tweeted that they were the best team in the North group that I saw. 
at Virtue Motors Arena. So are you buying or selling the fact that Manchester Giants are coming away with some silverware this season? I'm buying it. I'm buying it, and, and, I, and I, I rate them highly as well. I think there's been some a good buzz, good anticipation before the this, the, the BBL Cup competition started, and they're sitting pretty at the top of the most competitive group, which was the North this year. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm buying. I quite like what they're doing there. I like Coach Gardner as well, uh, and I think they've got their, their British guys, and they've got good import players as well, and they're, they're sort of they're, they're not just they're not rating anyone that's better than the other. I think they're trying to mesh them both together, and just because he's an import, he's not automatically starting. So I quite like what they're doing. It must be very competitive in practice too. That's something we haven't seen behind the, the scenes. I think yes, we're seeing the the results on the court, but. Oh, those practice sessions must be awesome. Those must be legit because they're other than Dan Clark, you know, who else has got a legitimate spot that's that's secured, you know? And and yeah, I just I'm buying. I think I'm buying too. I I really do think I'm buying too. And like Ant said, I mean, you've got the Dan Clark effect, but there's been some real smart showing behind the scenes. You know, kudos to Jamie Edwards, kudos to Lloyd Gardner. They, they've gone their British pieces in first, you know, then they brought those American players. You're seeing American players come off the bench and there's just all kinds of good things going on there for the Giants. I think in their first season, I think from a league perspective, you could expect there to be, you know, some high highs and some some low dips just because it's a, a, their first season if they can keep that group together. But in a cup run, yeah, I can see it. Why not? Yeah, I hate to agree with you guys, but I guess it's just a Plymouth connection, but I'm buying as well. I mean, I was really impressed with this team because you guys know how it is. Like when you put out a team, Newcastle sent out five under 19 players out there. And, you know, you, you we've seen it a million times. You start playing out of character, doing things that you don't normally do. But from tip to the end of the buzzer, they remain professional. They ran their sets. They took the right shots. And I've always said to win silverware, you got to have a game changer on your team. And Martavius McKnight is a game changer, man. He is so smooth. His pull-up J is really nice. And then Jamel Anderson has just brought that defensive tenacity that's just seeped through the entire group. And then you got Dan Clark. I mean, he's 6'10". I've said it a thousand times. Bigs aren't going to know how to guard him. So, you know, I'm really I, – I would even go on a limb and say that if COVID – or injuries affect London or Leicester, I wouldn't be surprised if Manchester won the league. Like, that's how good I'm feeling about them. You know, I'm going out there on a limb, but it's because they got the depth. And, you know, to win the league, you got to have usually the British players as a separator, and they by far have the best Brits in the league. And so, you know, I'm buying the fact that Manchester can come away. So, Jamie Edwards, if you're listening – you send me a message, a private message, every time I don't vo- vote against you guys in the weekly picks. Now I need you to send me a bottle of red wine to my house for that bit for that take. But, <laughs> but thanks, but thanks for that, guys. That wraps up our buy or sell and hot topics segment. Awesome. Okay, let's just move it over just quickly to. It's time for the BBL Show Player of the Week. You know the rules. Make sure on Monday you get onto that Twitter effect. Make sure you vote for your favorite player. 
We have three players for you right here. We have Jordan Johnson at Glasgow Rocks. Dropped 21 points, four rebounds, 15 assists for a 31 index. We had him on the show the other day. He's a, he was a fantastic guest and a quality player. Mr. MVP, don't forget about me, Gino Crandell of the Leicester Riders. Coming in with 10.7 rebounds and 12 assists on the 28 index. Flirting with another triple-double as he does. And lastly, Cheshire Phoenix, a familiar name in riders, also name on right, dropped 33.6 rebounds and four assists for a 39 index. That's right, guys, a 39 index. Three players for you to vote. Get jumping in now. Make sure you guys get out there and vote. Last week, you guys broke the all-time record with 250 votes. So we want to see if we can get that number up to 500. Go out there and vote. Don't be biased. You can vote for someone other than your teammate. Vote for the best performance. Take the eye test in consideration the opponent. All the above. But I know you guys excited to move for us to move forward to our prediction segment. But before we do, you know I got to hit you guys with a little bit of Alaska look back. In this episode of the Alaska Look Back, I would like to welcome you all to the official 2021-2022 season. It's becoming clear over the past two years that the Cup is merely an extended preseason for most teams, and the real competition doesn't begin until after the group stage. Regardless of the narrative, beginning Friday, October 29th, there are no more excuses. It's the real deal Holyfield, the rumble in the jungle, Joshua versus, you get my point. Making it even more official, the season debuts in front of the sky cameras on display for the entire nation. So we don't have to worry about a venue broadband issue or interrupted streams as Buzz 16 are as professional as it gets. With Nat Coombs at quarterback and myself and Kieran Achara as his backup dancers, all while Aunt Ro and Daniel Routledge deliver silky, smooth tunes to your ears, tag teaming a vicious combination on the play-by-play comms. I know you're excited and can barely contain yourself, but most importantly, what we're excited to get back to, which we haven't had over the last 18 months, is you. Yes, the fans are back in the arenas with an extra incentive to get spotted on television. What a time to be alive. With 10 teams fighting to lift up the most prestigious trophy in the sport, who will stand tallest? Statistics say London, Newcastle, or Leicester since the 2011 and 12 season. They're the only teams to win the league. Is this the year we see a new franchise in that drought? Only time will tell. So sit back and enjoy the show. And that is your Alaska look back. Great look back, as always, Mr. Lasker. We have Tony Rowe, so we don't need to announce him as our guest, but let's move into our segment of league predictions. We're going to go 10 down to 1. Drew, I'm going to let you take the lead on this segment. Let's see where we put people and how much stick we're going to get. That's the end of this portion of the BBL Show's 2021-2022 season preview. Check back Wednesday to get the official season predictions from Drew, Jay, and special guest Ant Rowe. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode and look forward to reading your comments about the season prediction soon. Until then, see you Wednesday on the show. Thanks for listening to the BBL show. The BBL show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following the BBL on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time.